Good morning, people of God. It's another beautiful day. <laughs> and like I will say, this is the day the Lord has made. And we will rejoice and we will be glad in it. Hallelujah. Amen. Let us start with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be gathered as your children before you this morning. And even those that are on the screen watching. I pray your blessing upon your people this morning, Lord. Oh, you are a wonderful God, amazing in every way. And we choose to worship you, deliberate choosing that you are God and we look up to you for everything. We bless your holy name, Lord. We thank you for the power of prayer, for the ability to gather together as people, your people. What an amazing God you are, and we worship you. And today, I decree and declare your blessings upon your people this day. I decree and declare health and well-being upon your people this day. Is there anybody that is in need of one thing or the other, Lord? I ask in your mercy to visit them and make provision. Job, finances, whatever it is. They choose this day to worship you. Because they choose to worship you, you will listen to their cry, O Lord, in the name of Jesus. Thank you for this, O Lord. Thank you for what you're doing in our midst. Thank you for your faithfulness for your goodness, for your loving kindness. We just bless your name today, Lord. Thank you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Stevie is still on holiday, and uh, I am glad to tell you again that we got Peter today. Peter, uh, without mentioning words, you were phenomenal. Thank you. The worship was beautiful last week, and I look forward to more today. The words was the deep thing he brought to us about us being not cold, uh, being when we need to be cold to be cold. That means to have time to spend with God and to be hot when we need to be hot because we need to take out the word we need to do. Without doing, we not really obeying. And that stuck with me all week, and I'm thinking about it. So I'm wondering what you'll bring again. Uh, for those who were not with us last week, uh, Peter, as a veteran in the Lord, he's been a chaplain, he's been a prison warden, he's been a, uh, an accountant who does stuff for the church, He's a minister with the Assemblies of God Church, and we are definitely glad to have him here today again. So let's give a, a clap for Jesus. So, Peter, thank you. I hope my wife knows I'm that good. Good morning, worshippers. Do you know the difference between praise and worship? 
Praise is about what God has done. Worship is about who God is. That's the difference. So we're about to, we're going to praise God. He's broken the power of sin and darkness. His love is mighty. We're going to praise Him for His amazing grace. We're going to praise Him that He took our place. And He's made the orphan a son and daughter. Amen. Let's praise Him for what He's done and what He's doing this morning. Who breaks the power of sin and darkness? Whose love is mighty and so much stronger? The King of glory, the King above all kings. Who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder? Who leaves us breathless in awe and wonder? The King of glory, the King above all kings. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You laid down your life. That I would be set free. Oh, Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me. Who brings out chaos? Who brings out chaos back into order? Who calls the orphan? A son and daughter, the King of glory, the King of glory, who rules the nations with truth and justice, shines like the sun in all of its brilliance, the King of glory, the King above all kings. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love That you would take my place That you would bear my cross You laid down your life That I would be set free Oh, Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me worthy worthy is the lamb who was slain worthy is the king who conquered the grave worthy is the lamb who was slain worthy is the king who conquered the grave worthy is the lamb who was slain Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy, worthy, worthy. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. 
that you would bear my cross. You laid down your life that I would be set free. Oh, Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me. Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we praise you this morning. We praise you for all you've done. Lord, with the fruit of our lips, we praise you with our mouth. Lord, with our voice, we praise you. We honor you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We praise you for all you've done and all you're doing, Lord doing in our lives, doing in the world today. Thank you, Lord. We worship you this morning. Worship you, Lord. Praise your name. We praise you, Lord. You're worthy of our praises. We praise you, Lord. Oh, we praise your name. The name above all other names. Thank you, Lord. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You laid down your life. That I would be set free. Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me. Praise you, Lord, for all you've done. We praise you, Lord. Isn't he good? Thank you, Lord. What a beautiful name. You were the word at the beginning. One with God, the Lord most high. Your hidden glory in creation. Now revealed in you our cry. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. didn't want heaven without us so Jesus you brought heaven down my sin was great your love was greater what could separate us 
us now What a wonderful name it is What a wonderful name it is The name of Jesus Christ my King What a wonderful name it is Nothing compares to this What a wonderful name it is The name of Jesus what a wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus. Death could not hold you. Death could not hold you. The veil tore before you. You silenced the boast of sin and grace. The heavens are roaring. The praise of your glory For you are raised to life again You have no rival You have no equal Now and forever God you reign Yours is the kingdom Yours is the glory, yours is the name above all names. What a powerful name it is, what a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a powerful name it is. Nothing can stand against What a powerful name it is The name of Jesus What a powerful name it is The name of Jesus What a powerful name it is The name of Jesus Oh Lord Oh, what a powerful name. Oh, we worship you, Lord. Oh, we worship you, Lord. Death could not hold you. Oh, you are greater, Lord. For you are God most high. Oh, we worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We worship you. What a powerful name. All oh, blessing and honor to you. All oh, riches and wisdom. We sing around your throne. You are worthy, worthy, worthy. You are wonderful, Lord. Oh, we worship you. You're worthy. You're holy. We worship you blessing and honor wisdom and riches belong to you seated on your throne what a wonderful name we cast our crowns before your feet for you are crowned above all king of kings 
we cast our crowns before your feet. To you belong glory and honor and riches and power and blessing and worship, Lord. We worship you for you are the King and our Savior, our Redeemer. What a powerful name, what a powerful name, what a beautiful name. Oh, we worship you, Lord. Worship you, Lord. Worship you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. King. We worship you for who you are. You are God. You are Lord. You are far above all principalities and powers. You are far above all governments. You are all-knowing, all-seeing, all-powerful, ever-present. Thank you, Lord. And yet you call us your people. Death could not hold you, the veil tore before you. You silenced the boast of sin and grace. The heavens are roaring, the praise of your glory. For you are raised to life again. You have no rival, you have no equal, now and forever, God, you reign. Yours is the kingdom, yours is the glory, yours is the name above all What a powerful name it is, what a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a powerful name it is, nothing can stand against, what a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus, what a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust 
the sweetest frame but holy trust in Jesus name Christ alone Christ alone cornerstone weak made strong in the Savior's love through the he is Lord, Lord of all. When darkness seems to hide his face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale my anchor holds within the veil my anchor my anchor holds within the veil Christ alone Christ alone cornerstone weak made strong Savior's love through the storm. He is Lord, Lord of all. When He shall come in trumpet sound, let's sing it. Oh, may I then in Him be his righteousness dressed in his righteousness alone thank you lord faultless stand before the throne let's sing that verse again when he shall come when he shall come with trumpet sound oh may i in his righteousness alone faultless stand before the throne Christ alone Christ alone cornerstone weak made strong in the Savior's love he is Lord, Lord of all. Through the storm, He is Lord, Lord of all. Yes, Lord. Father, this morning, together as a as a covenant family, Lord, we raise our voices, our hands, and we say, you are Lord of all. You're our cornerstone. Lord, the, the chief cornerstone, the builders rejected. Yet, Lord, you are the plumb line. You are the standard. You are the rock. You are 
our God. You are the truth. You are the way. You are the life. What a joy it is to know you this morning. Lord, to be a partaker of your kingdom. Thank you, Lord. We worship you this morning. You're our cornerstone. Amen. Christ alone, cornerstone, weak, made strong. Thank you, Lord. In the Savior's love, through the storm, He God. Amen. May be seated. I remember a uh, an old pastor said once that uh, somebody came to him after the worship and said. I never really got anything out of the worship today. And the pastor said, what do you think it's about you, do you? (laughs) Did God get anything out of the worship? (laughs) Interesting question, isn't it? When we come and worship, we worship him. But at the same time, there's a spillover, isn't there? There's a moving of the heart. There's an opening of eyes. There's an unstopping of ears. There's a... I always say worship is not a musical event, it's a spiritual event, and it's something very unique to the kingdom of God. What a privilege it is to be in his kingdom. Today we're going to share the communion together, and uh, could you just get that slide up, thanks. We're going to share the communion together, and... I want to speak, the whole sermon today will be on the communion. I want to bring an aspect out on the communion that has helped me tremendously. You know, I've heard many, like many of you, I've heard many communion talks over the years. And one I used to hear a lot in the old days, I haven't heard it for a number of years, but they would say, there is nothing in this bread and wine, so let's look away to the Lord. I don't know if any of you have heard that. There's nothing in this, these elements. These are just elements. Let's look away. And many people used to think, well, if there's nothing in these elements, may God bless this nothing, and may nothing happen as we take this nothing. <laughs> and then nothing happened. <laughs> and I used to also hear a lot how that the communion is powerful. Now, if I'm honest, over the years, many times I've taken communion out of ritual. I've gone through the motions because things like Jesus said to do it or it's what we do. But I've heard that the communion is powerful. Now, how does that work? How, do, how is the communion powerful? How does that function? Because 
many times it becomes formalism. The key to the communion is the presence. It's the presence of God. Now, I'm going to explain how that works. Um, The verse today that I've chosen is straight from the Old Covenant in the tabernacle in the wilderness. God said to his people to build me a tabernacle. Then he says, why? That I may dwell among them. Do you know in heaven, we're going to be dwelling with him. It's about his presence. It's all about his presence. And uh, it's interesting that while the tabernacle was in the center of the camp, do you know no enemy could touch them? All the valuable implements of the tabernacle, the gold and the implements, while the tabernacle and God's presence was in the center of the camp, everything was protected. Now, that's an Old Testament picture of a new covenant reality, that when we have the presence of God's center in our life, we are protected. Now, I'm not saying that's always a physical thing, but we can be protected from the philosophies of the world, from disappointments, from doubts and so on. So the the difference between a communion that is formal and going through the motions to a communion that is powerful is his presence. And I've chosen this, the uh, NASB version. You shall set the bread of the presence on the table before me at all times. Some of the older versions say you shall set the, sh- set the showbread. But the correct translation of showbread is the bread of his presence. So how do we experience the presence of God at the communion? When we take the elements, what we do is we harmonize ourself with the death of Christ. As we take the elements, we become one with Christ in his resurrection. So as I take the bread, which we are going to do shortly, I'm thinking as I'm taking the bread, everything Christ has died to, I've died to that. You see, Paul says, buried with him in baptism. So when Christ was buried in the tomb, if you've been water baptized, it's like you've been buried with Christ. And then it says, we are raised with him in a newness of life. So as I'm taking communion, now remember, we're thinking like God thinks here. We're not just looking with our natural eye. God transcends the natural. He transcends space and time. Even Paul said, I've been crucified with Christ. Was Paul at the crucifixion? He wasn't there. But he says, I've been crucified with Christ. Why does he say that? Because he's got, a, he's got something in the spirit realm here. That the way God thinks is that if you've been baptized in water, when you go down in the water, you've been buried with Christ. When you come out of the water, you've risen with Christ. So as I take the elements, I'm thinking, 
everything Christ died to, I've died to that. Everything Christ has risen to, I've risen to the same thing. You see, I'm harmonizing. I'm harmonizing my life with the reality of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. I'm becoming one with it. Okay. So, and by the way, when I, when I say, if, if I say, I harmonize my life with the death of Christ. So the old me has been crucified. As I'm taking the elements, the old me has been crucified. Remember this, the old you is not just what you did wrong before you came to Christ. The old you there means anything about you that is outside of Christ. Anything about you outside of Christ has been crucified on the cross. Wow, now we're starting to get some power here. That is a power to change. So, um, the old me has been crucified. So, my sin has been crucified with Christ. Depression. Boy, I used to suffer with that. They call it mental health problems now. It used to be called depression in the old days. All the reasons why I was depressed, a f- fear of failure, fear of lack of performance, uh, not measuring up, all those things that are outside of Christ has been crucified with Jesus. You see? Um, so I'm harmonizing with the death of Christ. I'm becoming at one with his crucifixion. So uh, what else was crucified with Christ? Um, Insecurity. That was a big one for me. You know, the world out there is so insecure. They don't know who they are. They're trying all sorts of things to, to try and find some sense of identity. You know, for all those who are older than me, You remember the punk rock days? That wasn't just about rebellion, friends. That was about identity. All those pop stars that look strange, that's identity. All those sportsmen and women who are consumed with their sport, that's not about the sport. It's identity. It's all about identity. So all my insecurities has all been crucified with Christ. All the reasons why I feel insecure has been crucified. So I'm becoming one with that crucifixion, that death of Christ. Fear, doubt, rejection. That was a big one for me. Has all been crucified with Christ. So I'm becoming one with that. Jesus has died to that. So I've died to that. And I like in Isaiah 26, 14, it says, He made their memories to perish. Do you know I have found this is a wonderful truth, that when you harmonize with the death and resurrection of Christ, over time, your memories of your failures, your doubts, your insecurity, they can perish. Wow, that is so powerful. So not only am I harmonizing with the death of Christ as I take the elements, 
I'm harmonizing with his resurrection. So I'm, as I take the elements, I'm thinking, what did Jesus rise to? Because I have risen to the same thing. So I have a couple of questions for you. Did Jesus rise to a brand new life? Well, guess who else did? You've all risen. We've all risen to a brand new life in Christ. When Jesus rose, did he conquer death? Guess who else has conquered death? Isn't that wonderful? We've conquered death because Jesus did. And I'm harmonizing with his resurrection. As a, you know, I'm taking this beyond the realm of just a history lesson to something that I'm pulling into me and I'm applying it to my mind, my emotions, my will, my very being. Um, did Jesus rise to spiritual power? So did you. Did Jesus rise to completeness? Colossians 2.10, this was a big one for me. You are complete in him. Oh, I remember when I got the revelation of that, I actually said, Lord, are all the bullies at school wrong? Was my father wrong? Is the lies that the enemy's telling me, they're wrong. I'm complete in you. You see, then over the years as I take communion, I think about this reality. Did Jesus rise to unbroken fellowship with the Father, so did you. And that means, this might be controversial, that when you sin, you don't drift out of the kingdom. You're not drifting out and back in the kingdom all the time. You're not in, out, in, out, in, out. You've risen to sonship. And by the way, that's not a gender thing, that's an inheritance thing. Because back then it was the firstborn son who got the inheritance. Okay, it's not a gender thing at all. It's a child thing. It's a relational thing. And we've risen to a brand new covenant. Brand new. So all those things that Jesus rose to, we've risen to. And as I apply that to my life, I find the more I take communion, the more it changes me. That's why I love the communion. I know some churches now will only have communion once every six months, 12 months. I think the people are missing out because they miss out on a chance to harmonize with the death and resurrection of Christ and to change their life. So this is what I'm doing when I'm taking the elements. I'm changing my mind to what Christ has already changed. I'm changing to what Christ has already changed. Whatever is true about the resurrection of Christ, I'm changing to that. So I'm shifting in my heart to what Christ has changed. So communion is when I connect myself in such a way that I share in common the life 
that I have with Christ. That's why, friends, communion is powerful. That is how we sense the presence of God. We experience the presence of God. As I take the elements, I'm sharing in common, sharing life in common with Jesus. That's where the power is. That's why, the, I, I, that's why I love the communion. The more I do it, the more it changes me. It's another opportunity to share in common the life that Jesus rose to. Now, having said all that, this is not just about the head. It's about the heart. Now, Jesus said in Mark chapter 4, he said this, If you don't understand the parable of the seed, you will not understand all the parables. Now, what Jesus was saying there, if you don't understand the parable of the seed, you will not understand how the kingdom of God works. Now, this is what Jesus was saying. A farmer plants the seed and he sows it in the ground and the seed grows to a harvest, but he has no idea how it happens. He goes to bed at night and he wakes up and all of a sudden there's a stalk out of the ground. And then a couple of months later, there's this wheat harvest and he has no idea how it happened. It just happened. Now, that is how the kingdom works, okay? The Word of God comes into our heart. So as I'm taking communion, I'm opening my heart to the reality of the death and resurrection of Christ. Remember, all the things He died to, I've died to. All the things He's risen to, I've risen to. And I plant that in here. And I have found this to be true. Over the years, you don't realize that as you take the communion on a regular basis, however regularly you do it, as you plant that in your heart, one day you can look back and say, wow, I had changed. How did that happen? Wow. Or something comes up in life and you respond a certain way and you get the victory over that. And even though you feel a bit beat up by life, somehow you've come out the other side walking with your head up, still rejoicing. And you think, gee, that, I never used to be that good. I never used to be able to do that. What happened? Do you know you don't know? What happened is that you put the word in your heart and you let it take seed in good ground. By the way, what is good ground? What is good ground for your heart? I believe it's two things. Faith and humility. As you take the communion in faith, believing, believing that you have died to what Christ has died to, believing that you have risen to what Christ has risen to, as you believe that and you receive that with humility, worship, thanks, it gets planted in there and it starts to grow. Welcome to the kingdom of God.
And do you know what I just said isn't about your works? It's by his grace. It's not by any of your works, how good you are, how hard you try. All you've done is opened up your heart in faith, in humility, and you've just gone, yes, Lord, I'm going to believe that. You've died to my sin. You've died to depression. You've died to my insecurity. You died to my doubts. You've died to my fears. You've risen uh, above death and hell. You've conquered the devil. You've conquered all these things. Yes, I'm going to believe that. That's all you've done. You've just accepted what Christ has already done. And by his grace, you change. That's why I say we change in our heart to what Christ has already changed. And you get a harvest. Wow. See, when you got saved, you got a new heart. But the thing is, our heart needs to be persuaded. It needs to be convinced. And that's one of the powerful things about communion. We're doing something physical. Together with a Christian family, we're doing something physical um, that we're, we're telling our heart, this is true, this is a reality. Now, Jesus said, given all that we've just said, Jesus said in Luke chapter 22, verse 19, he says, this is Jesus now, he took the bread, gave thanks, broke it, gave it to them, saying, this is my body, which is given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is, which is shed for you, or poured out, poured out for you. Now, when Jesus said there, do this in remembrance of me, I used to think this, and, and this is not wrong. I'm not saying this to say this is wrong. Thank you, Lord, that you went through all that pain. Lord, you went through all the rejection, and you carried a cruel cross. You were whipped. Lord, you hung, on a, you hung on a cross. You had nails in your hands, in your feet. Lord, that pain you must have went through. Thank you for doing that for me. Now, what I just said is true, isn't it? Absolutely true. But when Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me, he means more than that. He's saying, as you take the bread and as you drink the cup, remember what I've died to, and remember what I've risen to. Fellas, I've been with you for three and a half years. I've expounded the kingdom to you. I've told you about the kingdom. Remember all those things. Remember what I taught you about uh, at, on, on the Beatitudes. Remember what I taught you how to pray. Remember that I, t I taught you that if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll bring forth fruit. Remember those things. Remember the seed and the sower, fellas. Remember all those things. That's what Jesus meant when he said, do this in remembrance of me. And we're just about to do that. So Jesus wasn't just giving a history lesson 
Okay, so I'll just finish with uh, 1 Corinthians 11. There's something I want to pull out of here. And uh, this is Paul talking about the communion. He says, Whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. What he's referring to there at the time, do you know the Corinthians were having communion and all the poor people couldn't come? They were taking communion in a way that was detrimental to the gospel, to the furtherance of the gospel, to the glory of God. That's what he meant by an unworthy manner. I used to think if I take these elements and I've sinned this week, oh, I'm unworthy. Friends, if that's the truth, none of us are worthy. Christ has made us worthy. And then he says, let a man examine himself. Oh, well, I did that sin. I laughed at that dirty joke at work. I, uh, oh, gee, I yelled at my wife. Oh, I thought those bad thoughts. Examine yourself there, friends, is are you in Christ? If you're in Christ, you've examined yourself. It's not a sin performance issue, friends. It's are you in Christ or not? And then the one I just want to finish is, with is, um, he says this. Again, I'm still in 1 Corinthians 11. He who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. And I used to think, well, people have taken communion while they've sinned. God has zapped them. They're dead. It does not mean that, friends. Now try and get this. By his stripes, we are healed. Okay? When I take the communion, if I have a sickness in my heart, I'm saying, thank you, Lord, that by your stripes I'm healed. And I'm going to receive your healing. Many people, this is before the NHS, remember? This was written before the NHS. Many people took the communion and they didn't apply the cross and the resurrection to their life. And as a result, many stayed sick and many died. That's what that's referring to. That's not God zapping you if you've done a sin during the week. Okay? So this is part of the power of communion. Okay, now, I, I know someone that's got ringing in their ears. And I would say to that person, as we're about to take the communion, you apply the healing of the cross in your life as you take it. And if it doesn't get healed instantly, you keep taking that communion and like a seed, it'll grow until you get healed. Boy, this communion's powerful stuff, isn't it? You see, this is the presence of God. This is the bread of his presence. See, we've, we're applying the presence of God, what he's done to our life. So, now Peter says, we are partakers of his divine nature. 
I'm going to do a word play. That means we are take parters in his divine nature. That's what you've risen to. And as we take these elements, you know, this is a strengthening experience. You know, for, as I said earlier, many years, I've, this was formalism, it was ritual, I didn't get it. But now I love the communion. You see, when, when I'm taking communion, there's something physical happening. There's, there's bread and wine in my fingers. Uh, the, the body's involved. The taste buds are involved. Uh, the emotions are involved. The mind's involved. The heart's involved. And all the reason why God has done this so brilliantly is so that you can frame up the kingdom in your heart. Doing those things help you form up the kingdom in your heart so that it changes you. You know, at, at Murrayfield, when they're singing Flower of Scotland, I don't want to hear a bloke saying, Oh, Flower of Scotland. When, what is it? Your, yeah, that one. Mine went blank. I've sang it to the top of my voice so many times. Okay, I don't want to just hear that. I want to hear bagpipes. I want to hear the crowd. Oh, flower of Scotland. You see? Now, why is that? Because that is framing up something in a person's emotions. Is that right? Okay. Notice the difference with just saying it blandly and doing it with bagpipes and a crowd. Okay. Now, that's the same principle. As I take the communion, the taste buds are involved, the hands are involved, my mouth's chewing, I can feel it going down into my body, my heart's shifting to what Christ has already changed, my mind's working, my emotions are working, and all that together is framing up the reality of what Christ has died to and what Christ has risen to in my life. Wow. Do you love the communion? Wow. So let's, let's just take out the, the bread. And I hope that that has helped you not just go through the motions this morning, but hopefully you will sense that presence, the reality of God. Father, we thank you that this communion is a strengthening experience it's a growing experience. Lord, it's a life-giving experience, a reality of your kingdom. We thank you for this bread. And Lord, this morning we eat and drink in remembrance. Lord, not just of what you went through, and we thank you for that, and we will never ever uh, set that aside. But we also remember everything you've died to, We've now died to. Everything you've risen to, we've risen to. And Lord, this morning we shift our heart to what you have already changed. And Lord, as we take these elements, I pray that it would change lives. I pray, Lord, for a sense of excitement in, as people take communion in the future. May they be excited Instead of just saying, well, we'll get this out the way. Let this be a time of heart shifting, seed sowing, seed growing, kingdom growing. 
Thank you, Lord. Let's take the, the bread together. Hmm. Everything you died to, we've died to. Thank you, Lord. We're righteous. We're your children. We don't have to be depressed. We don't have to walk in sin. Thank you, Lord. You died for us. As we take the wine together. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for this blood. Lord, you said this is the blood of the new covenant that you poured out for us. Oh, God, thank you so much. Thank you that everything you have risen to, we've risen to the same. Lord, right now, let that change people's lives right now. Let the seed of your kingdom grow powerfully in each life. Let's partake together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's close with just a, a chorus of a song. Isn't communion fantastic? I just love God's kingdom. I love how powerful it is. You know, to the world that what we just did might seem foolish, but to us it's the power of God. Amen. Uh, could you put the, uh, the chorus up to what a powerful name? What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. Jesus Christ, my King. What a wonderful name it is. Nothing can stand against. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a powerful name it is. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ. Nothing can stand again. What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Wow. Oh, God. Oh, we worship you this morning. And Father, I just pray that the effect of the meeting today would continue in the week for each one. Lord, that you would, you would bless each person. And Lord, that your kingdom would continue to grow in each person in a powerful way. Lord, I pray for revelation of what we've just spoken about today. Father, we pray your spirit would open eyes and ears and reveal the truths, the powerful truths of your kingdom. Bless each one. Thank you that your face continues to shine upon each one. And for each person here, may they learn the skill of having the bread of your presence 
in the center of their life. Bless each one. Bless this church. We pray for the pastors, Lord, that they would come back refreshed, full of wisdom, full of power of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, that they would be able to take this wonderful body of believers on. Lord, to move with the cloud, to move with the fire at night to where you want to take them. Bless each one. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for the last two weeks. It's been wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, Peter, for the powerful word and your ministration. May the Lord continue to strengthen you and bless you. Uh, COVID is still here, so <laughs> we do the usual thing to take some pictures. And church, don't forget, we're back to Wednesday prayers and thanks for moving forward. So we're back to normal again. So God bless you all.